Welcome along to the Wise Wednesday podcast. We have a resounding win to talk about. 10 points from 12 games from Sunderland. Phil Parkinson's always been our guy, and we're going to talk about that uh, tonight. Joining ourselves, the Wise Wednesday team, myself, Gareth, and uh, and Mickey Loff, is uh, Stephen Elliott. For his first pod, pod of the season, apart from the live one? Yeah, I think so, yeah. You know, you just occupy yourselves on a Monday night now, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm busy most Mondays, but I, I freed myself up, especially for tonight, after the good result the weekend. <laughs> you don't know when it's going to come back around. Well, form suggests it might come come quite quickly. No, well, looking at the team the weekend, I would be surprised if there wasn't a few more wins in the in the pipeline in the near future. Best we've played in a while, arguably, since we were in the Premier League. We've, we've That was a brilliant performance, I think. One of everybody, man for man, I don't think you could fault anybody's effort. That was on the pitch in a, in a red and white jersey the weekend, and it was you know, it was it was nice to see for a change. Yeah, it's good that we've just gone straight into it, no little small talk or anything like that. We've all got homes to go to. Um, c- can you think of the last time we played that well, Mickey Gareth? I think we were talking the way over. I think the last time I remember us like really taking the game of the opposition like that was probably against Leicester in the Premier League when we beat them two one when they were the champions still and. That game was a little bit similar to this sequence in that we'd been on an appalling run. Everyone wanted the manager to be sacked. And then we went and won three games out of four. So let's just hope the history doesn't repeat itself in that regard. Now, the thing for me, though, the pleasing thing, even when uh, four and a up the weekend, there were still players bursting the gut, closing down, uh, chasing lost causes. And, and that tells you that where, where the squad are mentally at the moment. And it was, for me, I didn't see any, I didn't see the games over the Christmas. I was in Ireland for a, for a couple of weeks so I didn't so that was my first time seeing them since they picked up form and I was pleasantly surprised it was really good to see well it's <clears throat> night and day in it you know when you look at the uh, the Burton game <clears throat> which I know people reference the Bolton game and the nil-nil but I think the Burton game was the the low point and you know we're talking after that saying you know the season felt like it was over because you've just made the assumption that the teams that are above you are going to go on and yeah. you know they're going to pull away um, and they're going to keep their form up. Fortunately for us, you know they haven't, um, and and a lot of teams haven't, you know, put the foot down. So we're back in the mix now. Yeah. Um, so what we need, as I say, mm. we'll but the push. thing as well, though, Garrett, like you look at Wickham, they came came to the stadium there, top of the table. I know they weren't in great form, but like if that's what's top of the table, then it gives you a little bit of hope yeah. going on this season. Where you look at the Sunderland team, like they were woeful. I know Sunderland played well, but let's not lose. Just win the how bad they were. Yeah, like yeah. the obviously the two lads that were playing centre half, they couldn't run, you know. And and to be fair, we we kind of we made them pay for that kind of lack of ability. And the fact that they didn't really know what they were doing, the manager had to make a change. And he after twenty seven minutes or something, he put on Akin Fenway and bloody hell, <laughs> you're looking at him and you you, you just uh, you just knew that Sunderland were going to win the game, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I think I've said it enough on how you've in League One you can't get too bogged down by the positions of other teams because there's absolutely no reason and we showed on Saturday why we can't beat every team in this league and what I really liked about Saturday was not only like tactically and stuff but the swag of it, the whole squad seemed to carry and the way they really like celebrated after the goals and were giving the big and Maguire a little bit too much maybe but it was just really good to see the kind of unity between like the players, the fans, just everything feels a whole lot better now. Typified by Chris McGuire, I think, who, who we said again before we start recording, looks looks leaner, looks fitter. And I guess this is where we, we do have to praise Parkinson for the guys brought in the fitness course because there were, there were times when the, the Wickham fullbacks were trying to send the ball down the line and Chris McGuire's closing it down and putting it out for a throw and shoving his body in, in front of mm. the ball and putting it out for the throw in now. 
you would not have seen him do that before. No, and I think as well, I was on the I was pitch side when they were coming out because there was a presentation for um, George. The, this, it was his retirement, and I was on the pitch, and the lads walked out, and that's one thing I did notice were all the lads coming out. They looked trimmer, and they looked. I don't. Know, they looked at a little bit more hunger in them coming out on the pitch. Maguire, especially for me, I mentioned there in the live part. I thought he looked a little bit overweight, but. I thought he looked much slimmed down and li- like you said there, Stephen, his energy on the pitch was, was so good to see because there's nobody I don't think ever doubted the ability he has. Technically, I think he's probably up there, one of the better players. Like, There's not many with his technical ability playing at this level. So if you can kind of get the other side of his game flowing, then you've got a hell of a player for this division and was proven the weekend. And the moment the quality at the end there where his free kick was... Well, you just I think most people in the ground expected to hit the net after the way he played and he didn't let anybody down, did he? Mm. Starts from the front as well, doesn't it? Spreads through the team when you have that when you have Gooch and you have Wyke to be fair as well. And Maguire all chasing defenders down, pressing from the front. Well Gooch has <coughs> made a massive difference, hasn't he? Um and he's kind of epitomised the change, I think. Um, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that since he's come back in, the up the uplift has occurred. And it's funny, isn't it? Because under Jack Ross, it was always a little bit. He was a player where people talked about potentially replacing him. And he looks like he's probably the most important player in terms of setting the tempo of the game in, in our team at the moment. So I think he suits the role he plays as well. Now looking at him in and around <coughs> Wyke, his energy right from the start. He again, he was closing down the right fullback, and I just thought, bang, he's up for this again today. And like you say, Gary, he's been a breath of fresh air since his injury. He went. He had a good start to last season. He'd done okay, and then he totally went off the boil, and people were were, were saying, what's, what's happening? I know he had a little baby, and maybe that had a little bit of effect getting used to have a small kid, a, kid at home, as me and, me and Stephen will know in a few months' time. But uh, <laughs> no, I think I think he's, he's come back after his injury, and he, he looks he looks really hungry for it. And like you say, he's, he's got a couple of goals, and everybody's fair. Even Charlie White the weekend, he was energetic. It, it was it was great to see. There wasn't a bad performance on the pitch, and I don't think Wickham knew what hit him in the first half. What do you think about White's performance? I think he's... Obviously, Kyle Lafferty's come through the door. That's going to make a difference as well. He's not going to want to lose that spot now because he must have been looking at Greg and McNulty and thinking, well, the way we play and the way we set up, this is my spot to lose now. And then suddenly, another striker of a similar mould comes in. Yeah, I think I think White will be aware of him coming in. Again, he's a similar size striker. And by the way, the, the team are playing on the part, it looks like they're going to be kind of one out and out striker playing in that role. So the short is his at the moment. And again, he, another good performance the weekend. Got his goal, probably could have had another second half. by the One just whizzed by the post. But it's up to him to keep the jersey now. If he keeps playing the way he is, then we a hell of a kind of a performance from Lafferty in training to get him out of the team. Did he learn everything he knows from you, like when he played up front with you? I never played up front. I was injured when he signed for Carlisle. <laughs> but like as I said, he, he's a good player at this level, really good player. Again, confidence is everything as well. You see him running through the squad, a couple of wins, unbeaten over Christmas. It's 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 a huge difference of a mental state kind of going through the club compared to when you're losing every week, drawing, and you're ex- ex- more expected of you. And even see today, there, were, there was a few clips at the training ground, they're laughing and joking, and it's, it's, it seems like a good place to be again rather than going in on a Monday thinking, oh, here we go again. Do you know, and it, it can... I don't know. I can, the club is just, to me, in the last few weeks, it seems it's changed and there's a big lift in the place and as hopefully continues. It's like... This is distinctly different. This is a different team, isn't it? From yeah. Doncaster onwards. This is not... There's no resemblance whatsoever I think to, to, to the first however many games Phil Parkinson had. Gareth mentioned um, Burton Albion before, but what I think is a good comparison point to look at is a Gillingham game where we got beat 1-0 away from home in the league because that was the third time we played against Gillingham. We scored one goal in the three games and that game, on paper, it's the same formation. 
But as we know, we were playing about ten players at the back, weren't we? In that game, the back left wing back was it? Yeah, and it was like kind of it was a pure. Well, they, weren't, they weren't wing backs; they were full backs. Yeah, yeah, they? precisely. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying now, you see the evolution of the way that then we're playing like tactically, and now the way that we're playing with like almost overlapping centre halves a bit. Like I know the points being made. Um, Chris Wilder with Sheffield United, similar kind of style. And Jordan Willis, I thought he was absolutely outstanding on Saturday, not only from a defensive point of view, but the way he was getting forward and. Not only the fact he put the ball in for Hume, but the fact he had the mentality to make the overlap and run to get the ball in, it was just absolutely superb to see. Yeah, it was good football as well in the build-up to the goal, little link-up players, mm. tight situations, players willing to take the ball in tight situations. And we weren't seeing that a few weeks ago, let's be honest. It looked like, not that the players were hiding, but it just wasn't flowing, but it was it was flowing the weekend and everything kind of rolled into place. And even Osterk, I think last season for me, I thought he did okay when he played towards the back end of the season. And for me, he was somebody that was really hard done by earlier on the season by kind of being totally kind of bombed out. And he's come back in quietly and he's done a really good job. He's no nonsense. He, he's not the, the best footballer in the world. But when he's obviously playing in this formation, he has the two lads either uh, like alongside him and he, and he looks a really, really strong defender. It was a pleasure to watch that you the little interchange you mentioned down there. I was actually near near that happening. I was, I was sitting around about 10 rows back from the pitch in that little corner. And Wickham were really, really trying to close us down and hustle us as well and harry us and, and, and not let us do that. So that was a, a joy to watch, to slice them open like that. It was also good to see that centre-half who, who did the year-in-hour-house thing or whatever he said, whatever it was. He said It was good to see him have a stinker, wasn't it? Because he was directly at fault for a couple of goals <coughs> well, as well. A pair of them were, a pair of centre-halves were pathetic, one. not Yeah, did, but I'm saying again, though, that's that, that shows <coughs> the quality. There is quality at this level of, in this league. The, the Sunderland players have more quality, I think, than any other team in the division. And they're, when they're playing like this, they're able to show it. Like Maguire again, he was involved in that goal. He stood under, he stood with his foot on top of the ball and played it in and moved again. And the movement off the ball, it's uh, Wickham couldn't live with Sunderland if, if, if we look at the game. There was movement all over the pitch. Hume down one side as well. He came in, came in off the left, and the way he finished, it, he finished it like a kind of twenty goal a season well, striker. And for that, for that to be a forced goal for the football club, it's one he'll definitely remember because it was a hell of a finish. There was a goal in the uh, well, sorry, not a goal in the Premier League at the weekend. So there was a young lad playing for Man United, and he came in at the back post, and he was about a yard out and ballooned the ball over the bar. And it was really similar the way the ball came in bouncing, nice. and he had a yard to score, and he put it over the bar. And just goes to show what a good strike no, that it was. was, great because it was Bob, because it bounced was right before him, yeah. and he just cushioned yeah. it in. And uh, as soon as I left his foot, he would have known that was in, and he was away. And it was great to see him score. Like you know, a young lad come through the club and score his first goal like that. He'll remember that for a, for a long time. He's deserved it as well, hasn't he. I mean, he he's been excellent. I think this season, Hume. I know he's had his, you know elements criticism for certain aspects of his game which very early in the season but he'll improve I think even (coughs) defensively I still think he has a a fair bit to learn from me like as a full back in in, in them positions he kind of maybe sells himself a little bit at times but since he's only a young boy he's going to learn with the more he plays the more experience he'll get up against kind of the wingers but again going forward he's does he does it takes a lot of stopping him when he opens up them legs he's, he's so energetic and it must be great to have him as an outlet down the left hand side for players in midfield to find him it, uh, this is a point I definitely wouldn't have made a few months ago but I think with McGeady not being the team as well that's really freed up Denver Hume down that side because a lot of the time Hume was making these runs but you know what McGeady was like he was very skillful on the ball but he often slowed the game down and Hume wasn't getting the opportunities to really run into space and uh, play like as a out and out wing back the way he is now 
Yeah, I think listen, I'm I'm there's no doubt on Aidan McGeady on his day he was he went through a stage where he was carrying Sunderland for a bit last year and he's still got bags of ability, but the managers come in and decided to kind of take him out of the situation and from the outside looking in it looks like it's been a really good team because like you say, it's freed up a bit of space for Yumi. He has a little bit more license to get forward there without kind of anybody being in front of him. And other players have obviously knuckled down. So I don't know. Maybe I know there was a few shouts and a few kind of people disappointed with Parkinson when he made this decision. And to be fair to me, showed a really, really kind of you have to give him huge credit to be able to bounce back because the, the crowd were baying for his blood at one stage. You know what I mean? So to be able to kind of not ignore, I'm sure he was aware of it, but to be able to kind of carry that on and be able to get into the lads again to get them performing the way they are we have to give him a little bit of credit I think I think and, and again it's something me and Mickey spoke about it's there's a lot of sort of people now here starting to have a go at the people who, who were being critical of Phil Parkinson and stuff like that but this hasn't been a slow progression to where we are now let's be clear there was a line in the sand before the Doncaster game the, the fans don't react to a win at Doncaster like they did unless they're seeing a significant difference running on the pitch to celebrate a goal 50-odd minutes against Doncaster, really, really celebrating with the players at the end of the game. That was because it was clear then, oh, hold on a minute, there's something different here, there's more attacking intent, uh, the, the, the playing at a higher, a higher tempo, the winning the second balls, and, and the wing-backers are getting forward, playing on the front foot, and... and there's been a difference, hasn't there? It's a bit. Look, um, if anybody finished to get came out of the game on Boxing Day and said, "Oh well, I think you know, like the next few games, we'll see us, you know, start to pick up points," you're just lying. Like you're lying to yourself. Like to be honest, you are though. Like I mean, the only thing again, it's blind faith. The only thing that could have continued, you know, to, to make anybody optimistic during that two months, it's blind faith. Yeah, but in, in, in like sorry, like you're like you're just lying to yourself if you think that what was this this was coming. Yeah, I mean nobody ever loses. Sorry, wins two games out of the first fourteen games by design. That wasn't some kind of like conscious thing. And also, we've been very fortunate that, like you say, Garrett teams haven't pulled away because let's say that um, other clubs who were above us kind of maintained even mediocre yeah. form. These results would have been very welcome and very pleasant, well, but like you'd Wickham, be lo- Wickham were, yeah. were like had picked up one point in their previous four yeah. games, and they were still top of the table going into exactly. the weekend. So that probably tells you all about the kind of quality elsewhere well, in the division. Exactly. So now, if um, the circumstances have been different, we'd be looking at this run and saying, "Yeah, it's very welcome. It's really good to be playing that way." But it's too little, too late. We don't really have a chance of making the playoffs. But now we are in them places. We really need to kind of put our foot down and really go on a run yeah. now because if we do then there's absolutely no the, reason why the, we can't go up automatically going back to Phil Parkinson listen obviously the, the, it was loud and clear some of the supporters making the noises saying they, they want that we all heard that we want Phil Parkinson out so I tried to lead that one but, <laughs> but I'm trying to say some t- sometimes as a manager as well it's probably given him like you know what I need to kind of do a little bit more to pick up results and that can kind of force your hand a little bit and Again, I, I wherever he's got got going with the lads and his coaching staff, you have to give them credit because to to turn it around the way he did in such a short space of time, we're out like like you say, Garrow, we're out any kind of you're watching the games, you're not thinking these performances around the corner. So to be able to do that, he does deserve credit. I would have just liked to see him the weekend when the fourth one in, going on a little run down the line and <laughs> celebrating, having a little bit more energy. Because yeah. again, when the crowd are on you, you, you got to do. I would presume as a manager, you want them on your side a little bit. He could have, he can help himself a little bit more in situations like that, and he's probably thinking to himself, no. You so and so shouting for me, kind of to be to be out of the club a few weeks back, and now but at the same time, if you're going to stay in the job, give it a little bit back, you know, go and celebrate and don't get the fans on your side a little bit. If he'd done this two months ago, we'd all be on his side. 
like there's no Sunderland fan who when Parkinson came in actively want them to fail you know what I mean it was a case of what we're seeing on the pitch week in week out and as I say like now like no one's more delighted than like me that we've turned everything around the way we have I mean I was absolutely adamant from I think the Burton game onwards that just nothing was coming there was no green shoots and we need to make a change for the good of a football club but like you say he does deserve enormous credit because he's brought the fitness coach in he's obviously been working really hard on the training ground on this formation but as well that's the thing like people are saying Phil Partinson he, he was a long ball, ball his style of play was long ball get up to the big man which at the first like, like you mentioned in first 14 games it was kind of a little bit difficult to find out what he was wanting to do to break teams down but the weekend there was some actually really good football playing but high energy stuff and that's what support. That's all. That's the minimum you can give to, especially the Sunderland fans. If you give it, give her all like that results, whether you get the results or not, I think the fans will get behind you. But when when you give her all like that, and the result comes along where it does nothing better, and for me even that's up. That's like even to Jack during Jack Ro, uh, Jack Ross's tenure, that, that was miles better performance than oh, anything we've seen under Jack Ross. And it, again, it was it was really nice to go to the ground and watch a performance. Like you could actually, it's very obviously the Tramware game as well when they were absolutely terrible. It's very unusual to go to a Sunderland match in recent times. You just sit there and you know Sunderland are going to win, and there's going to be some. Like it was actually, it was so easy for Sunderland at times because of the energy they played at. And I, I think Wickham just couldn't wait for the game to end to get off the pitch. I was saying, Stephen, though, um, on the way over, even after the Tramier game, though, you weren't coming away buzzing like you were if you've won a game like top end of the Championship or in the Premier League. It still felt fairly routine, but I came out the game on Saturday, and it may be because Wickham were top of the league, but it wasn't about really beating Wickham, it was about Sullen's performance, and I came away from that game buzzing as if we'd won a game in the Premier League. Mm. It had that kind of feeling. There was a great energy around around the ground after the game, and I think it's MK Don's now away the weekend. It's I'm sure Sunland supporters will be going down there full of expectancy, and I think it's it's a good time again to be a Sunland fan. You're kind of looking up the table rather than kind of downwards. And again, six points off the top with a game in hand, it's you start thinking about winning the league again, which is kind of nobody would have spoken like this what well, three four <coughs> weeks ago. It reminds us a bit of under under Roy Keane. I think we played um, Southend, and we absolutely like we absolutely obliterated them I remember like Carlos Edwards had like a brilliant game and we scored after like five minutes I think Stern John scored twice in the game and it, it reminds us of it because I, I remember he was keeping Stephen out of the team I think it might have been I think, I think he was injured loan. again then, was he was he? on loan at that point yeah yeah mm-hmm. um, but yeah it, that's what it, it, it when we it, coming out of that game it felt you know we could go up here because I think people are pointing that season as well, the Sheffield Wednesday game and down there and stuff like that. But it did take us a little while. Uh, it was probably only February, really. Yeah, where I really remember losing two one at home at Cardiff in promotion. That was November, That was October. That looked a long that way off Halloween that point. That. Yeah, it was. Um, but that was our, our, terrible. Yeah, but our, it it did take us a while to get going. We are lucky, I think, that you know the the league is, is poorer it, and, it uh, is. I think, and, and I think that, and that's, that, it, that is to our advantage and great it can be as crap as it wants to be course. as long as we keep winning and like look at the form the teams we're playing as well we do need to just I think you know, we've been really positive now haven't we for the first like, 20 minutes and stuff but there the is an element where you say let's just keep like Stephen said there Wickham have come in in terrible form they got spanked 4-1 at Hortman Coventry they lost 3 out of 4 games the other teams were beaten are quite low down in the league well Doncaster aren't, but they've won a couple since we beat them, haven't they? So we do need to just, you know, like suddenly I don't well, want to make out like suddenly like, oh yes, we're the best team well, in the got- world, and we we do that. Southern fans do that sometimes. They polarise so much 
between thinking every, the world's caving in when you lose a game to thinking, well, we're, we're going to roll and steamroll a league now. We've won, we've won well, a we know. Games. So what Stephen we'll said know. is it's the yeah. fans' fault. Yeah, <laughs> not that again. We'll, we'll know by the end of February, I think, because we've got um, Portsmouth to play. We've got Ipswich. We've got Fleetwood. We've got to play Oxford. We've got to play... Um, uh, Coventry at the end of February, um, and we've obviously got Doncaster to play in the next in the next sort of six weeks. So we'll know by the end of February, you know, yeah, where, where, where we're going that's and what, thing, though, what like- the true test is. You know, I was listening to that D three D four podcast today, and they were saying that Portsmouth haven't lost at home all season, which is really odd because they had a terrible start, yeah. and you know, there's but there's you know Fleetwood. Are, They've got a ter- terrible away record, apparently. Yeah. We've got to play them at home. So, the, but the thing is, as well, you, like you, know, you say, you can't things. get too carried away because obviously no, Wickham are awful, and there's going to be tough. There's going to be games where Sunderland are going to have to grind it out again, and the performances may may not be as free flowing as what we seen the weekend. But I think the fact that Sunderland supporters have seen that performance, seen a Phil Parkinson team play like that, if things aren't going so well in another game, you manage to win. I think he may get a little bit more leeway off the crowd because you know, well, do you know what? Every game, whereas up until that, these these run results. We were seeing nothing like that to make us think that Phil Parkinson was the right man. And to be fair, I, he's in there and he's kind of he's dead in with the job, so he, he deserves credit. But at the same time, I think what he's done is given himself a chance as well for the next time things aren't going quite as well. Well, he can say, well, look, listen, we're, we're, there's a plan there, and you can kind of see from the outside looking in, there's a way of playing, and and that's the, that was the the most kind of positive thing for me. There's a way of playing. Everyone knew what they were doing on the pitch and. Man for man, there wasn't anybody that let let the let the team down the weekend. Even the goalkeeper at the end, he had oh, made yeah, a couple excellent. of couple of saves when he hadn't really got much to do. So he kind of stayed alert and that. And again, it's good to see McLaughlin back in there, number one choice for me. For me, nothing against Borge, he didn't need to be signed. I think they should have gave McLaughlin the reins. So you are our number one. Cut all the kind of stuff that went along with it, and he should be in there. And hopefully that'll be him in there now till the end of the season because I think he's a top do, quality goalkeeper. Do give him a contract then, if that's the case. Um, well, we, we keep mentioning the state of the league. Let's not get into that. Well, we, we, let's we mention the state of the league, and it, it is relevant because, like we say, we're not going to get too carried away. Phil Parkinson now has Sunderland where he found us. When he was given, when he yeah. when he was given the job, and we've had a book, it, it's it's amazing that we've had such a poor run of form. We we we're still with a shout. Thanks to for Tom Huntley who did that because it saved it saved me doing it anyway. Uh, he, he's a listener of the show, Tom, um, who who published the league table from this stage last season. So this stage last season, Sunderland um, were third with fifty points. If we had fifty points now, we'd be six points clear at the top. Portsmouth last season, the, the, they had 57 points. They'll be 13 points clear at the top now with a point return. And were they, they, top, were they top at this stage? This stage last season with 13 more points. more than Rotherham have lost seven games. I think that tell, tells you everything. top of the league and they've lost seven well, games you know, you know, Rotherham in January. Rotherham when we played them and, and drew one all in that game where you know, we missed a penalty and could have been 2-0 up at half-time. Um, and they were like 16th, I think. And then when we were above, we were obviously 5th, 6th. But as a player league. as well in the dressing room, if I'm if I'm a Sunderland player now in the dressing room, I'm looking at that league table and I'm thinking, do you know what, we can go and win a league here or, or, a, or a huge club like Sunderland, be part of like the, the kind of recent history and do do something really good for the club after the turmoil over the last few years, and that's got to got to give you a lift as well, mm-hmm. to make you 
give you a hunger to kind of finish the season off really high and it's there's still a long way to go and like like Stephen says you don't want to get too carried away but if you can't get carried away after a performance like that the weekend then you never will but it was, it was it's it's exciting times again I'm looking forward to the, to the next game now rather than thinking oh here we go again we did run a, a quick uh, snap poll on Saturday uh, asking people their favourite goal out of the four because they were all <coughs> good goals weren't they Unsurprisingly, Denver Humes won with fifty-six percent of the vote. Maguire's free kick, thirty-six. But any any other game, Maguire will be taking away ninety-five percent of the vote, wouldn't he? So that goes mm. to show how good that second goal was. We won the uh, thing on Sky Sports, don't they? the goal of the day thing. But I guess they don't um, tend to uh, show the build-up to like team goals or whatever, unless it's like Arsenal or something like that, do they? But even the third goal was absolutely fantastic from our point of view because it's all very well implementing this new kind of pressing football, but twice in the past two weeks yeah. we've seen the fruits of the labour by we won the penalty at the weekend and the Lincoln game obviously our second goal comes as a direct result of it so it's just such a great feeling when something that they've been working on so well comes off on the pitch oh, you know it's, are they good enough to are the teams are playing against highlight in terms of quality good enough to, to play themselves out of those mm. compact situations I mean what we've seen is probably probably not um for, for, another, for certain teams yeah. another thing I was thinking about the game the weekend briefly I was like looking at the manager obviously at them and there was talk of him coming into Sunderland before Parkinson got the job and I, I was wondering would that have a little bit as a manager thinking you know what I'm going to show this guy that I'm the number one choice and they made the right kind of choice because it's like little things like that He, I'm sure he would have um, Garrett Ainsworth had to come here and got the victory then they would have been sent, like probably and he said he's thinking well maybe I, I was the right man to come in whatever happened there but again that might have been a little bit more a little bit thing and Phil Parton said going I want to show you as well and listen we could keep repeating ourselves right from the, the staff all the way through to the players the weekend it was something just clicked and it was it was it was great and they've lost two players today actually William I, I was reading they had some players on loan and they've gone back I think Aaron's at Newcastle Aaron's probably. and there was another one who's gone back so you know it's one of those isn't it, at the time where you're like where things are going badly, um, you know, things like the McGeady situation that, that happened to us and it all looks terrible. And when you're losing, when you're winning, you can go, well, it's because McGeady's not in the team. We're winning or something like that. Yeah, Whereas, and, they, and they've obviously won four, the la- lost four of the last five, Wickham, and now they've lost two players from the squad. Mm-hmm. It's a small squad anyway. Have they got the money to go and replace them or have they got the wherewithal to go and find players to replace them all that kind of stuff and it's it met that you know you talk about momentum it's it's a it's a mental thing as well um and like off the pitch as well so you know hopefully that you know i mean last season was funny honey because i thought you know when um uh, nathan jones left luton so oh, great Mm. And they carried it, it, it on, it, it, didn't, didn't, it, yeah. it didn't. It didn't make it. But another thing as well, the transfer window now coming up because <coughs> everybody was saying yes, we needed to strengthen that. Like, it's one of them. Will we see many new signings come in the door now? Do you know? Because it's obviously you're looking at the the team there. The weekend, Lafferty's obviously going to come in on the bench. You've got strikers there, McNulty, Greg, will they go well? Ethan Robson potentially coming back in. He's another option from midfield who could easily, in my opinion, easily do a good job in there. So I want to speak about that uh, going forward. So we uh, might, break. might drop in a little break. Uh, might be one, they might not be. They don't bother on the Monday sometimes for whatever reason. Plug, okay. plug, plug, plug. We'll from the terraces. Pro- yeah. Use code WS10. Big fan of that, Stephen. The, oh, the yeah, you love it, don't you, Steve? From the terraces. Yeah, very nice. I picked myself up a couple of tops just before Christmas. Lovely fit. A couple of Christmas presents were handed out as well. So, yeah, nice. Because he's not got your model in it for him. 
No, I'm not the modelling type, Stephen. <laughs> Don't do but yourself yeah. down. <laughs> so from the terraces, um, at terraces from on Twitter, um, get following them. If you use the code WMS10 um, at checkout, you get 10% off uh, your basket, and they've got a lovely uh, bomber jacket that they've just um, released, which looks great. So get yourself to from the terraces and treat yourself in January. Cheer yourself up. It was supposed to be the most depressing day of the year in four days' time or something. Is it the 17th of January or the 18th oh, of January or something? I didn't know that. Thanks, Gareth. <laughs> That's so the first know, thing I'll maybe, think about now when I hit the cell. Treat yourself. Gareth. Treat, treat yourself. You're first thing you're going to think of me. Only Gareth could promote something and reference the most depressing day of the year. What I'm saying is... I'm saying retail therapy. I'm saying you're going to make that day better by going there. It's probably... A big factor of why it's the most miserable day of the year is because everyone's skint or because <laughs> you haven't been paid after Christmas yet by that point. So maybe, go, maybe go buy the merch for. Yeah, go yeah, buy the yeah, merch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's if worth you, making you, yourself yeah, skint yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just put it on the credit card. It'll be fine. Get into debt. Go to Wonga and get yourself a loan, and then uh, and then you know buy yourself some. Uh, we don't condone that behaviour. Reference and Wonga as well, Mag. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> will that be edited out? Yeah. Do you want to talk about? No, no, no. Talk about the the thing we've got going on before uh, an upcoming. Oh yeah, we can talk. Do you want to talk about we'll that do, now? We'll, we'll do that at the end, and then we'll have switched off. <laughs> great, it's good. what a great start of the second just part going, of the podcast. Just going off stats. People switch off after forty minutes. We better Don't get, say better, that. Better get a crack on. This is the worst. The worst. The, the worst. No, this is podcast. That's podcast rule. Forty minutes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're doing a, um, an event um, for a, a place called Phantom Brewing in Reading. Um, and you're probably thinking, well, we don't play Reading, but yes, we play Oxford on the fifteenth um, of uh, February. Um, and as a result, um, we've been invited down by Phantom Brewing. One of the guys there is a massive lads fan, um, and he wanted to do an event. So he's asked us to be involved as part of a panel that's going to be hosted by uh, Tom White. Sky Sports News, also a massive lads fan, but the main thing is that the guest is going to be Kevin Phillips. There you go. So that'll be nice. People won't weren't it? interested until you said that. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is the word, we're terrible at plug. It was rubbish until then. Yeah, so Kevin Phillips well, will be joining. Not because of our involvement, because it's in a different yeah, yeah. town. Some people might have been thinking, well, you know, am I really going to go to Redden before Oxford? But yes. Super Kev's going to be there, yeah, Tom so, White's yeah, going to be yeah, there. Tom and White. We're going to be involved. In yeah, it. so the tickets are available. Um, <clears throat> The, the link will be shared online, but you'll be able to get to it through wisemansay.co.uk. Um, and, yeah, that'll be, if you go at wisemansay.co.uk, the link will be there. I'm just getting it up now. It's on Eventbrite, 15 quid a ticket it is. And it includes um, a bus to and from the game. So, basically, you come, opens at 11 o'clock, come down. And there's also... a Beer being brewed in collaboration with Vox as well. So Phantom Brewing have got together with Vox and they're going to do a sort of a celebratory beer for the day. So it opens at 11. Get yourself down there. Chat with Phillips. He's going to be about, obviously, then everybody on the bus to the game in Oxford and then you can go back afterwards for a drink. So that's the plan. Sounds pretty good to me. So if you're not already, you know, haven't already organised your travel to get down there, don't go straight to Oxford. Don't go to the Kassam Stadium, which is about 17 miles on the outskirts of Oxford. Come to Reading, which is 18 miles from the outskirts of Oxford. And, um, yeah, come and have a lovely old time at uh, Phantom Brewing for some lovely beers and some crack. Does. Sounds great, that. 
Um, hope that might be a top of the table clash or anything by that point. Hopefully it isn't. Hopefully Oxford have slipped right down the table and we're in third. Run or fourth, second or first. Let's hope. So we've all acknowledged the uh, state of the league this year. Um, <coughs> one concern I do have, Stephen, and this links into what you were saying about the transfer window and what kind of business Sunderland might do. That side to me and the starting eleven and the way they play and the way they're set up I don't know how much wiggle room there is. I would worry if a couple of those players got injured. So certainly in terms of the wing-backs, mm. because you think, well, who, who, who's going to come in and replace one of those wing-backs? I think we didn't really give any credit or, or reference George Dobson's performance there. Easily the best game he's had since since he played for us. I think with respect to people like Grant Ledbetter, they don't have that sort of energy as well. Um what more you could argue could fill in one of the front three and we've signed Lafferty as we know but even in the centre-half situation as well if we pick up a couple of knocks at the back you, you would worry about you know some, some of those players coming in so it's important we go and strengthen I think yeah I think so I think when you when you get a kind of runner playing this same team players start to kind of know each other's game and stuff and they become a lot more comfortable and Obviously, in this new formation, for me, the kind of the back three, they're starting to build relationships. Obviously, Willis, he's kind of really kind of bought into that role he has in the team. Like we mentioned earlier on, getting forward and stuff, and it is. I know, I know, my, uh, Mick mentioned it. It's, it's similar to the way Sheffield United play, and it's it's a good way to play if you do it properly and you, you play with the high energy. And you, you look at the squad of players and you think if somebody does pick up a knock, is the players to come in? You know, you mentioned Grant there. Listen, Grant's a great footballer, and he probably doesn't have the the legs that he kind of used to have when 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 I played with him at Sunderland. And maybe midfield could be somewhere that you think you might need somebody filled in. Like me, I mentioned Ethan Robson. He was at Grimsby. I don't know whether he's gonna stay at the club or that, that hasn't been mentioned. But for me, he's somebody that could come in with a high energy game and play like he's left footed as well. I think he could kind of. Sue playing alongside even Dobson, like in a little bit kind of forward behind Dobson, letting Dobson kind of get forward more. If Max Power picked up a knock, or, or I just gets a little bit tired. Like some players get a little bit tired and they need a little rest because there's going to be a lot of games played from now at the end of the season, and players will kind of pick up form and go out of form. So you, you would probably think that again, will he be given the poor strings to do it? But you think there'll be a few more bodies come in just to, to freshen things up, but. Again, if, the, if that team can kind of stay fit, and I don't think I don't think you need to do too much because sometimes a huge squad though as well can kind of cause more problems as we've seen. And uh, for me, it's a worry is getting players out that are in here at the moment on wages. Who's going to kind of pick them up to kind of get them off the books? Because you look at Will Grigg there, I'm sure he's picking up a, a decent wage at this level, and I can't see him kind of fitting in this system at all now the way the team are playing. So. I, w- I would presume the club will try and kind of look to get him out and obviously McNulty's here on loan will he stay I know he came on the weekend for the last few minutes or so but he's somebody that that, that, that has ability I think that can play high energy but I don't know I think to, to get to get players in I think we might need to see a few go out, out outside as well we, we did a quick poll again yesterday um, which position is a priority for Sunderland to strengthen next we just did a quick one yesterday 1200 people or so uh, voted on that the options were uh, full back or wing back central midfield central defence or wide forward what do you think come out on top uh, wide forward maybe wide forward did yeah. 36% of the votes 29% midfield central midfielder 25% full back uh, central defender 10% I, I, think, just, it's, I, I think, think it was I, a centre back though if we're, if we're playing this three and someone gets injured, 
like we're in bother, aren't we? And then that, well, you see the weekend, didn't uh, he? Lynch had to come on, didn't he? So, so you, you look anywhere at around it, the yeah. pitch. The, the wing back thing is, yeah. is what I worry yeah. about because I don't well, want to go. Need, I don't want to go yeah, that yeah. flat back five again. That Basically, we the need left back, a right back, a centre back, a centre midfielder, <laughs> and a wide forward. <laughs> to be honest, well, they, do, they do, but they do. Yeah. Like you're looking at the, the left. Denver Hume, like I think again, we're going back to Denver. He's been a huge plus because that was a position people were after Oviedo. We were thinking need somebody to place him, but he's come in on that side and. You're looking at the way he's playing now. If he was to pick up a knock, you think he was going to go in there and offer you what he offers you at the moment? Because I don't, I don't think you, you mentioned what more. He's he's obviously right footed, but I don't think he's I don't think he's been consistent enough as what Denver Hume has been since he's come in. So again, but I, I try not to. As a player, like when you when you get to January, obviously you, you hear the noises transfer window and who's going to come in, and you're kind of looking over your shoulder a little bit, but. You, the players have to use this as a way of saying, Do you know what, I'm going to make sure, like Charlie White, for example, I'm going to make sure whoever comes in isn't going to play. For, like he would have seen Lafferty, we mentioned earlier on coming in. He'd be, if I'm in my mic, I'm thinking, I'm going to show, I'm going to show you, boss, that Lafferty isn't needed here. And as long as he playing with that mindset, like I, I wouldn't care less if we never seen Lafferty play for Sunderland from now till the end of the season, because that would tell me that White is doing what what is asked of him, and and it's it's good. People say, well, what was the point in bringing Lafferty in? But if, if bringing Lafferty in can get White up another level in his performances, then he's done done he's, a, done a he's job. Had, he's had three injuries since he's been here as well. Yeah, he's not had a not had a real so run of game. So I think he's a good <coughs> player. White, he's, the weekend performance was kind of I thought. He played really really well but I think he has more to offer as well and saying that I think he's got a lot more to offer and if you can start adding a, a, f- a few more goals consistently then I think he could be could be a top player from now till the end of the season and again he might he might just keep Lafferty out of the team who knows I well, think that um, right back has to be the absolute priority because, agree. because obviously McLaughlin he's not up to playing in that right wing back role but not only that if we get a good competent right back in who can play that system that also frees up Luke 9 who if yep. you have so you're giving yourself more options in the centre midfield, so you're kind of killing two birds with one stone if we make a good sign in that position. Agree. That's exactly yeah, what I, 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 I That's a summary I would have But see, see Luca Nine for me, when I look at Luca Nine play midfield and Dobson, I think they're very similar, like the boat. Like I don't think both... Gives the option of freshening up. Yeah, but I don't, yeah. I don't think the boat... I don't think the two of them are brilliant footballers. Like, I think... What they are, they give you a lot. They give you well when they play. What well, Dobson for me, like was was his best game I seen by a mile the weekend. He was everywhere on the pick, picking up second balls. I still haven't seen enough from in a football sense where I say he's a top top footballer. And the same with Luke O'Neill. He's another one that gives you a hundred and ten percent. And there's a job. There's there's a job they can do in there when they play in there. But I think playing the two of them together, I wouldn't be too keen to see the two of them alongside each other. Obviously, Max Power, he done all right the weekend. He, he done what he had to do. But again, I think, could somebody come in and do a little bit more than even Max Power? Potentially, again, I go back to Ethan Robson. I think he's... I watched a few of his games at Grimsby and I, I just think he's somebody that... I'd be sad to see if he doesn't get a, get a run in the team, especially when they're playing well, because the, the few times he has come in in the past, before he's, he's been playing in the team that haven't been playing well at all, they've been poor. So I'd like to see him come in and play, give him a chance in a team that full of confidence and where he can kind of impact the game because he's a, he's a really really is a good footballer and he, he could help the lads even more, I, I, I think. In terms of the <coughs> squad rotation, though, sometimes when you get these other players, when you're in the checker trade or whatever, they, they can play. I mean, now we're in... We're in it's different last year. We were in no cups, so we've only got the what, twenty league games or whatever it is that we've got left. Um, so you know, whoever comes in probably isn't going to see if they keep playing like this. Probably isn't going to see a lot of games, you know, which is going to be a consideration for a player. You know, mm. do you back yourself and go there and 
but you know get yourself in yeah but I go back to when you, you mentioned Roy Keane earlier on um, when, when we got promoted with Roy in, in his fourth season what he was very good at doing was was bringing players in like and taking players out even when the team were winning and playing well he, he kept that freshness about the team and does it does it obviously a show to say no keep the same team every game same team same team but I think sometimes if you keep doing that you can become a little predictable and, and easy to play against because teams opposition teams will be able to watch videos and say well he does this and it comes a little bit easier whereas I think if you freshen up one or two bodies here or there you can you can keep the opponents guessing and the players guessing Definitely. and keep keep players in the uh, training ground on the toes walking hard because you don't want anybody to slip off slip off the pace when you when you're in a position like this and that that's that'll be another worry of taking players getting a little bit taking the foot off the gas because now we've won a couple of games we, we don't need to try as hard and train and this is when I think players should be like you know what I need to keep doing this to stay in the team and that's when the manager can kind of maybe make a few little changes just to keep everybody bang at it yeah <laughs> silence there Gareth was yawning I thought he was going to say something um, so you, what about you Gareth because you, you've, just, you've just listed off a, a, a group of players that he needs to bring in in the real world who, who, who's he going to bring in? What kind of player are you expecting? What kind of, well, How many? Is, is it going to be more than two now? For me? I wouldn't be surprised if he brought in a centre-back. Um, maybe he feels as though he could get away with. How many players will he bring in from now? We well, don't know, obviously, but what, he's not going to bring in more than two, is he? I can't he's, see He's it. not you spending reckon? money, is he? Well, why? Well, he didn't spend three transfers and one, one fee paid in the summer. He's not going to suddenly I, I change. I wouldn't be surprised if we brought in maybe three or four. Really? I, like I, I think I, I like agree. Your, with, I like your optimism. I agree. With what like slaves are saying before. I think it depends on them who we get out of the club because obviously Greg he's been linked with a move away and we're not keen to uh, selling or load them out with promotion rival for obvious reasons. But league two clubs being linked with interest from yeah. the top end of League Two. So if he goes there, I think that will be a beneficial deal for all parties. Obviously, there's been interest in Scotland about Mark McNulty. So if them players move on, then you're looking at three or four just to kind of like tread water and remain where you are. Really, a swindle looking there replaced Doyle aren't they which and, and I think McNulty and Grigg has actually been linked to Swindon so he'd probably do well to go there Grigg to Swindon he'd probably get yeah, well, a, the, a absolute the flying, the flying yeah. now as well apparently they, create a, apparently they create loads of chances so you know he, he might he might have a lovely time there if he, if he went there and it, you know it's for half a season it's a long way from the northwest, though if that's where he's <laughs> based so it's he's yeah. probably looking somewhere more closer to home maybe. I'd imagine if he does move move on from Sunday maybe um but yeah, I mean, Salfordus, you know, seem to have an endless, you know, bottomless pit of, you know, resources mm-hmm. to bring people in. So I know they were linked with Grig as well. So, but in terms of the, you know, this people saying we're not expecting to bring these players in. Well, before the Doncaster game, and you know, people can talk about revisionism, um, you know, all you know, laughing, kind of laughing at us now for saying that. You wanted Parkinson sat and all this. Well, before the Doncaster game, this January window was the most important window ever. All the players in the squad were crap. Um, we were lacking pace. We're lacking strength. All those problems. Well, what, what are those problems still valid? Well, we, well, we're lacking pace and strength. Yes. You know, is the John is the January to not just turn into Simon Grayson? So I'm asking myself questions and answering them. Um, but you know, it, it, it the, this people have got it like the problems. Whatever they are, remain regardless of the results, and people can't lose sight of those things. The thing so is, as well, though, make sure people can't people can't decide. Oh well, it's fine now. You've got you've got to, you've got to act, and apparently you've got loads of money. Mm, but the thing for so, me is, as a manager, you know, what's the problem? 
as a manager you, you're kind of you pick up a few results coming up to the january window i presume you're thinking okay do i am i getting car- i presume phil Parkins is it's it's a kind of difficult situation for phil parkinson now as manager after picking up a few results thinking hold on a minute maybe i don't need to bring in quite where i thought i need to bring in so you don't want you want you need to get that balance right where you think you don't want say get into february late february kind of march and then all of a sudden kind of go off the boil again and think you know i should have brought somebody in in, yeah. in january because it's a difficult it's a difficult time because it, he'll have a few decisions to make in his own mind i'm sure he he's speaking to his uh, staff and and his team around him and that because again you're thinking you got ethan robson there do we bring him back in do we send him back out and loan? do we sign another midfielder do we bring another center half are we happy with what we got and these are all things that as a manager that's your job you gotta kind of plan this and you gotta you gotta back yourself wherever you do because again he'll be thinking he won't want to be thinking like i say later on in the season and the wheels come up and think oh my god i should have got such and such for such a fee instead of thinking no i'll just stick where i got and you gotta you gotta look at the squad of players you have as well at the minute you got a little bit of a sense of loyalty to them if they've managed to turn things around for you as well you want to you want to kind of you don't want to upset any of them so it's uh, managing it managing a football team isn't easy especially a club like Sunderland where there's such a demand in this in this division so to be fair to phil partinson i'm, I'm sure he'll take his time over time over who he wants to bring in and that and you have to you have to trust him now. He's picked up a few results. I think he needs to give it, be given a little bit more trust than what people were willing to do. But what things essential though? Um, doesn't matter what the window is. You want ideally you want the strengthen from a position of strength, and we are now in a position of strength relatively to where we were. So what I'm pleased about with these results is we're sat in the playoff places. Yes, a couple of results will could see us drop down the table, but we're in touch now. So that means that the pressure to bring these players in isn't necessarily as huge as it was a couple of weeks ago because if we'd had a couple of negative results you'd be absolutely desperate for acquisitions and people would be going mental wanting like free signers every day but now things just seem to be on a bit of, like more like of a level as I say it's a good opportunity now to just kind of like add some finishing touches to the squad and like really have a tilt of promotion say Gucci and Maguire get injured tomorrow and they're off for three months each mm. you know like that that's what happened last season with Maguire we lost it's not him it's the 17 check I know but, <laughs> yeah, but I'm, just, I'm just saying that that's what you got to think about it and you, know, you bring what more you could bring what more yeah but that's what I'm saying that's, then, as a manager that's what you're thinking you, yeah, you have it. to kind but of that's, that's my point yeah. so did, no it's a difficult one because it's again they might not get injured and you, you do, might some bring somebody in that never plays then bring that's fine we'll yeah. do you know get try and get a loan yeah. you know well, I think as well season, I would say now with the team playing the way they are potential signings that I know it's still still a huge move to Sunderland. This is potential signs. I probably think oh, I wouldn't mind going up there now. And rather than say before Christmas when you're thinking oh, Sunderland 13, 14, League One, manager getting abused. I don't really want that. Whereas now they're probably thinking six points off top game in Ham. Yeah, I fancy a bit of that in half a season there. Maybe potentially win it, win a league medal with them. So I don't know. It, it'll be it's an interesting few weeks. And I th- um, Parkinson has a few kind of big decisions to make. I would imagine. Providing he's making these decisions, oh, yeah, I know. I, I want to finish being positive, so we're, we're going to wrap it up. Because, uh, well, you know, our, our opinion about off-field matters haven't changed, but we've just won four 0 and we're playing really well. So we're just going to concentrate on that, and it's nice to go on that. Uh, under twenty three is up here at night, so let's all keep an eye on that result. Um, three 0 <laughs> down hasn't kicked off yet. Has <laughs> anybody else? Anyone else got anything to add before we wrap it up? No. Come to the thing and come come to Phantom Brewing. Yeah, I've got plenty of time to plug that one. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, thanks for coming along tonight, Stephen. No Hopefully we'll see you again before next season. Uh, and thanks for listening. <laughs>